Hello, and welcome to the Soul Set Podcast. This is a space designed to motivate and inspire you. So please take a moment and pull back from the craziness in life and focus on you. Because when you do, my friend, you will be a force to reckon with. I'm Sherry Belmar, your host, and thank you for joining me. Don't you love the Christmas season? The time for lights and parties and being with friends and family? Well, I hope you are having a great time. I know that with my daughter, we've already set up the tree. Yesterday, we did some gift shopping, and that's always fun to be thinking about those special people and what's special for them. And then we came home and made some cookies and then watched a nice movie, a Christmas movie. So we're, we're enjoying the season, and I believe that the most important thing is not to get too rushed so that you can just really make memories, that it would be a beautiful time, not too rushed, not too crazy, because then it sort of defeats the purpose, right? But I wanted to bring a quick series, a Christmas series, because this is such a special time of year. And the three stories, the three women that I want to bring to you have such special insight because uh, Christmas is sort of that pause time. We have parties, it's fun, and it's sort of like a check out. We check out from life for a little bit, and then January 1st rolls around, New Year's resolutions, and then everything just sort of life starts over again. And that party, that festive season is in the past. And that's what we look forward to, right? This festivity. And uh, so I wanted to provide value to you in a way that we can think about Christmas, the Christmas story, and think about the lives of three women that are in the Christmas story. Their lives are foundational pieces and they're woven into the fabric of history and into the genealogy or family tree of Jesus. You know, Jesus, they're the little baby in the nativity scene, because really, Christmas is about more of Christ, right? More of baby Jesus and what he means to us. Actually, you can find these three women in the Bible. Their names are mentioned there in the New Testament, like the Bible's divided into two parts, old and the new. Well, the first chapter of the New Testament there in Matthew 1, you're going to find their names. They stand out because they're all names of men, except these women. These women that have sort of been inserted into the story. And so it's like the person that is writing the book is making a special reference to these women because they were important and they're pieces that are put into the story. So these three women that we're going to look at were outcasts. And we're going to look at their journey from a place of obscurity into a place of honor. And I believe that their lives are going to inspire and encourage you, especially as you begin this journey into a new decade, into 2020. So we're going to look at their conflicts, conflicts in their career, conflicts in culture, conflicts in a calling, what they felt like they needed to do, and how they moved past this place of crisis into a place of honor. So I'm glad that you've joined me today because the women that we're going to be addressing, they had a stigma over their lives. 
they had a, a situation, a circumstance that was producing shame, dishonor, and even a humiliation. And many of us are affected by shame, like feeling like we're constantly being dragged down and like we don't measure up. Through this series, I want to provide insight, tools, and strategies. They're going to help you navigate your life through 2020. Even if you're catching this series after Christmas because there's so much craziness going on, please take the time to listen to this because it is going to set you up for this new year. Whether you believe the Bible is true or not, it still remains an all-time classic piece of literature. This book is so important to many people that they have literally given their lives to preserve this piece of literature. And so the Bible provides stories that all of us can gain wisdom and insight from. And the three women that we're going to look at, their stories are found in the Bible. The first two are in the Old Testament. That's the first part of the Bible. And it really is about the nation of Israel and how they began. So really where we pick up our story today is that the children of Israel or the Israelites, they had been multiplying in Egypt. For over 400 years, they had been in slavery, subdued, repressed, until God raised up a leader called Moses that led the people out of Egypt and through the Red Sea. I'm sure many of you, maybe not all of you, have seen the movie of uh, the Ten Commandments, right, with Charlton Heston, where there he is opening up the Red Sea. And it's a very dramatic scene. What had begun with 12 brothers and their families 400 years before were literally over a million people going through the Red Sea. Once they got on the other side, they began to conquer territories. This was after 40 years. That's a story. But anyway, Joshua is now the leader, and he is going to send two spies into a city called Jericho, which is also a famous story that you might have heard about huge, gigantic walls surrounding the city that chariots could literally ride on. This is how big, how massive these walls were. And so we find these two spies going into the city of Jericho, and they have to stay with someone, and they stay with our character today, Rahab. Rahab is a harlot, a prostitute. And the Bible, (laughs) they make sure you know it, because every time they mention her, they're like, Rahab the harlot, Rahab the prostitute, right? She had her stigma on her life. And many of you that might be listening to this podcast might have something hanging over your name, over your reputation, over your mind that makes you feel like you don't measure up. And this is the woman that I want to talk to today because we're going to see hope in the life of Rahab and the steps that she took. And you can take these steps. So the two spies that the Israelites um, sent were placed at Rahab's doorstep. And she had the decision, right, whether she was going to take them in or not. And uh, we see how she does accept them to come in. And the soldiers come and they come after them. And she decides to cover up for them, to hide them. And we also see that Rahab, since she does have the occupation she does, she knows what's going on. She hears what's happening. And so she begins to formulate an opinion, formulate a perception. And what we can see 
is that her perception of what was going on in her city and around the city was more accurate than even a lot of the Israelites that were inside the camp. This woman had a clearer picture of what was going on than the people that were in the Israelite camp. And so, you know, you might be in a situation that has stigma. You might underestimate yourself. You might be covered even with some shame, but you might have more clarity than many people who are in the picture, who seem to be religious, who seem to have a relationship with God. With these three women, we can observe a pattern, a system, something that happens repeatedly. And really, I believe it's a process that applies to all of us, that you can even observe it in your life and shadow it and say, okay, how do I respond? How am I acting when these situations occur? So this is what we observe first, that Rahab had an interruption, right? The spies showed up at her door. It was a moment of decision. She had to decide, do I take them in? Do I just leave them outside? What do I do? When the soldiers come looking for them, she can, they, she can choose, well, do I hand them over or do I keep them? So there's an interruption. And many times in our life, our, we don't respond well to interruptions, right? We've got our plans. And when something interrupts our plans, it just isn't good. And uh, there's crises that also interrupt our life that we don't even choose. Maybe a loss of someone, sickness, and a divorce. And there are crises and we don't choose it, but it interrupts our life. <laughs> and then the next thing we see after it interrupts us is it produces an inconvenience. Now, they're not the same thing. Even though an interruption can be inconvenient, it, the interruption is going to cause an inconvenience because if I choose to pause and deal with it, it's going to involve a sacrifice, right? It's not easy. It's something that's annoyingly difficult. And so this is where you have to decide to do something about it, right? And you have to bring something out into the natural. Like she had to decide, okay, am I going to inconvenience myself? After she's, after she's interrupted, she has to decide, am I going to inconvenience myself and take this responsibility on myself? Bring them in, hide them, be responsible. See also, because then not only does she take them in, hide them, cover up for them, but then also we see a negotiation taking place and then a plan what to let them down and a plan to save her life and the life of her family. So, but in this inconvenience is she has to make a choice and that's where a lot of us have to decide to do something and it's not easy. Then we see a process of an interlude. But let me just, let me go back here to the inconvenience and just unpack this. That way we just go through this streamline. Okay. As I mentioned before, we see with Rahab that uh, she negotiates with the, the spies, right? She confesses something. She says, I know that the terror of you guys and your God is over our people and that God is going to give this land to you. And this is what she confesses. And this is what she believes. And really, I truly believe that she is in the Bible because of this. She, because of this clarity that she had, this belief that she had, she saw what was happening 
and she knew what she needed to do. She was an intelligent woman. Another thing that stands out to me is that in this negotiation, what really is pressing on her is not only to save her life, but the life of her parents. She says her mother, her father, um, her, her brothers, her sisters, and their things. Like she was trying to find a way out for her family, which also leads me to think that her profession, her career um, of choice, whether it was a choice or not, how things fell out, we don't know. But what we do see is Rahab's heart. And her heart, first, was a belief in what God was doing. And second, the desire to preserve her family. And that is a good desire. That isn't something that's just thinking about me and selfish. On the contrary. So she devises a plan. And then she asks for a sign from the spies. And so they give her this scarlet rope and they say, you need to tie this at your window. And so when we come and we come in to when everything's destroyed because the walls do fall down, everything like there except her little house there on the wall. And, uh, and so she has this rope and they, she's preserved. And so uh, this is where we go into the next step that I call the interlude. Because once you are interrupted and once you've been inconvenienced, Oh, I think this is probably the hardest part is the waiting time, right? Because she had really saved their lives. And then she had this scarlet rope that she ties around there at her window. And then she has to wait. And so many of you maybe might get to this point and you're in the waiting point. And this is the dangerous point because this is where a lot of us get lost because we lose our faith, right? So we'll end up, we're waiting. And we blame others, we blame God. And really, when you think about it, when you um, decide to do something, it's like sowing a seed. And we know that if you sow a seed, you have to wait. There is a waiting, there's an interlude, and a lot of us get lost in the interlude. So if you're in the interlude, I'm calling you back. Don't lose yourself. Remember what got you there in the first place. Remember what you decided to do when you got interrupted and when you got inconvenienced and remember it, okay? Because just as she had the interlude, then we see an intervention. And so when the Israelites are walking around the wall seven times each day, and then the last day they do it seven times and the walls come down, we see a divine intervention. And really, I believe that when we step out in faith to do something, whether it's our career, our profession, our family, if it's something personal, but we step out, we're inconvenienced. We've, we've waited through the process because it's a process. There is going to be an intervention and really it's going to be a divine intervention. It's going to be something that comes from the outside that you can't produce on your own, but you will reap the benefits of what you have done. If you haven't done anything, don't expect to reap any benefit. Okay. There has to be a price. There has to be an inconvenience. Rahab was inconvenienced and she did something about it. She, she took the spies in, she devised a plan, let them out of her window at night. They were able to escape. She paid a price. And so we see this intervention and they fulfill their promise, right? They said, okay, if you put this scarlet rope on your window, we're going to save you. We're going to save your mother, your father, your brothers, your sisters, and everything you have. And that's exactly what they did. They came through on their word. And so there will be an intervention. And the last thing we see 
is the inception, something new, a transformation that occurs. So here Rahab, living a life of shame, because really uh, uh, a life like that is a life of shame, because you might be liked by some people, but you're despised by others, and there's a stigma over your life. And I'll tell you, the Israelites, they had all their laws, and prostitutes were stoned. They were like killed. It was like serious. And so when you see her name in the family tree, in, in the family line of the, the baby Jesus, then there, God's saying something big here. And to me, it's a huge, beautiful message to all the women out there who feel like they're under this weight, under this stigma of what they've done, where they've come from, and the beautiful message of hope that God can take your story, use you, because he used Rahab, her profession, her career, and he used that and he was able to transform her life because he sees our heart. He knows our intentions. And so maybe 2020, you're looking at it. You are in conflict. Maybe it's not your career. Maybe it's just shame with the past. How do you manage it? And what you believe, my friend, is vital. What you believe about this, because if you feel like you don't deserve it, if you um, can't do it, if you can't have something better, those beliefs are going to limit what God can do. Not because God can't do it, but because it's a limiting belief. Okay? So I want you to embrace your story because that's what makes you unique. And that's what makes your story yours. Don't fight what makes you unique. Embrace it. Maybe you're wanting a career change. And you know what? The time will make itself clear. Maybe Rahab was looking for something different. And so that knock on her door was divine providence. That interruption, instead of being a conflict, instead of being a problem, was really the beginning of something new, a new opportunity. So to wrap this up, I want to leave you a few questions. Do you perceive what's happening around you? Are you even aware? And what decisions do you make? Do you take the easy way out, the most convenient, the path of least resistance? See, how do you respond to change? Are you willing to try something new? Because you know what? That knock on your door just might be your opportunity for something new. And speaking of opportunities, I don't want you to miss out on the possibility to give to the Soul Set Podcast Initiative. Giving can be done through our website at sherrytogether.com and the gifts are tax deductible. So please help this message of hope and inspiration grow. Support what supports you. This is my challenge that you'd consider the Soul Set Podcast in your year-end giving. And remember, a friend who shares is a friend who cares. So please share this podcast with one person you know could benefit from it. Have a wonderful Christmas and may it be filled with happiness and joy. Thank you for joining me today. I want to invite you to come over and let's connect at sherrytogether.com. Till next time, this is Sherry Belmar signing off. Have a fabulous day.